Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, are y'all, how y'all feeling? How did she say it? Sisters, are y'all all right? Listen, y'all, I know. Let's wipe the sleep from my eyes. And for those of you like me are trying to roll into this day, get this day started, Whew, I'm telling you, I woke up with a I woke up with a great bit of energy because y'all know I'm on this I'm on this six day roll where things are good, um, and hopefully we can continue to carry it on. Hopefully some the dark days are behind us and all that kind of good stuff. I'm doing something a little bit different here, so you're gonna have to bear with me while I grab this and see it. I'm trying something new today. Let me see if I can get the sheer tools to work. Let's see here. Because I'm trying out something I just realized I won't be able to put it in the couple places that I want to. But let me try something. How about this? Let's try this. We're going to try this. We're going to try that. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, I see a couple of things I can I can do here. I can definitely do to the group thing. And if you're catching this in the podcast or anywhere else, because right now I'm doing a couple of shares, listen, fast forward to get to the good, good. Okay. Fast forward to get to the good, good. Let me see. I'm going to try one more thing here. Let me just see Cause it gave me a couple of options after I click the next button, I could go. And this is the thing, it won't let me do to the page, but it will let me do to the group. So we'll go ahead and put it over there in the group. It's called How to Get Out of Bed. Uh, some of you are getting a couple of notifications. And let's see, let's go over there and put this, put it over there. All right, so got a chance to load it into a couple of groups. So what we're doing, we're trying one platform at a time, and then I'm gonna go and do a couple of watch parties and, and so forth and so on. Um, uh, this is, this is Sunday morning. This is easy. Like Sunday morning. We're recording this one on a Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, whenever you feel like I'm going to go ahead and listen to driver's podcast. Cause I can't get the day started. I can't get moving. Let me tell y'all, y'all know I have those days, uh, myself and in front of me. I have a I have a periodical. If you don't know what that is, they probably stopped talking about it in school. But in my day, it was something we had to read on the regular. You had to have some subscriptions, some subscriptions come into the house, right? That's why there's a generation of us out there that's got that good, good, well, had that good, good self-esteem going on. Or that's why a generation of us out there, you're like, man, they've been through everything. Because we had these things that could satisfy our curiosity. We had these things that could show us the world. Y'all got social media. Okay, I just finished watching a very good friend of mine. Let me let me say this. A very good friend of mine, not only a friend of mine, but a supporter of Dryer Buzz, especially this this podcast in particular, in particular, let me see, Natural Soap by Zakia. Uh, I am watching her on a journey as she is exploring. You know she's going to come back uh, with all kind of creative stuff and make us some new soap. She is on a birthday trip to Costa Rica. And so I can just imagine she is taking in all the sights, sounds, smells, colors, all those things that creatives do when we go somewhere and try to try to like turn it down. You know, everybody want to turn it up, and get lit. But those of us that are creatives, you know, we try to find that time to do nothing. And I know that she I cannot wait to see when she comes back and see what kind of inspiration that she comes back with. We want to thank her 
uh, for her continued uh, support. Listen, if you go to naturalsoapbyzakia.com, I'm going to, listen, I'm going to take me what's called a, a crumbled butter bubble bath. And just as soon as I get off this podcast, that's what I'll be doing. But listen, come on over. Let's talk about how to get out of bed. I literally, y'all, woke up this morning. And you know how when you wake up, you come back into this realm and you're like, wait, I want to bring a little bit of this dream with me. Something, something went on when I was coming out of that dream. I started to hear this prayer that was being prayed for me. Uh, and I'm pretty sure somewhere between the ancestors and my modern day guardian angels, they was having this whole conversation. And, and in that moment, I could hear part of that conversation and this prayer that was being prayed over me. And I was like, oh, I got to remember that because I need to say that often that I was waking into a new day, that things would be different. And, and it was it was so lovely. I was like, I was trying to remember it. I didn't grab a pen. I didn't write it down, but it's going to come back to me. But in a new day and in a new way and things in a new healing and, and all these new things because I'm starting a new day with a blank page. And there's a lot about yesterday because I'm that person. When I go to bed, when I end the day, let me just say that because my day ends at various times. Um, but when I end the day, I try to end the day like, okay, this day is done. You know, try to end it with no grievances. I ain't hurt nobody's feelings. I went out there intentionally trying to do that. Some people give you to make you do that. Some people make you outright sin. Okay, let's just put it that way. But I tried to like, okay. And I tried to check myself. I had to check myself on some things yesterday. Yesterday was, you know, to check yourself, check yourself, check yourself, check yourself, check yourself, right? I had to check myself because I had to immerse myself into society full on yesterday. And that's not something that I want to do on a, on a Saturday, especially a Saturday evening, right? Because y'all out there entertaining yourselves, you know, because you have to living for the weekend, squeezing in the weekend, get it all done on a Saturday night. And I'm like, and I don't like watching y'all do that. I don't. That's not me. I don't like watching y'all do that because especially when you got to wake up on a Saturday morning praying, I mean, a Sunday morning praying that Saturday don't catch up to you. I don't. I don't like to partake in things that go on on Saturdays, okay? Now, I love a Sunday afternoon. I love a Sunday matinee. I love a Sunday stroll, a Sunday drive. Get me. If you want to ask me to do something, ask me on a Sunday. Because I'm more than likely not to cuss you straight out because I might have some semblance of peace and be willing to listen and understand that you have a need and you need me to be that person you need me to be. Sunday is a good time, a good time to catch me, okay? I'm just saying. But so to wake up with a new day and a new blank page, uh, and I wish I had written down some of those, because those of you who catch this um, know that we try to create a word cloud, and those word clouds, we try to put them in a book form. Like right now, I'm working on book one. This is part of book two. We decided to bring it back because I need to podcast daily. I need to speak out loud. And I realize that there are some things that I allow to come through me that seem to help others. But by the way, y'all walk up on me in public and like, I love this. I like that. Can't believe you said this, though. You know, I want to really want to like that. And y'all get in the inbox. And I'll be like, you can't say it in public. Then I'm, just, then I'm like, you know, I'm checking stuff. Just be, be of understanding. So, I woke up, I heard that prayer as as they were listening. They my my ancestors was like, Okay, we're gonna send her back to that realm one more day. Y'all watch over, make sure she do this, don't do that. Lord, they was praying for me. And I put some sausage in the oven so I wouldn't be long and and I start starting to smell my sausage, not burning my breakfast, lunch, brunch, whatever you wanna call it. So, um, I wanna create this word cloud and I wanna think of what you know, I'm just gonna say prayed up, honey. Prayed up. We're going to call this some prayed up. 
uh, was that in any bit of church in the world? I prayed up, my mind stayed prayed up, or stayed up, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> not whatever, I'm sorry. But I posted two blog posts or commentaries uh, before I came on, and one of them was, one of them, ooh, prayed, paid, and played. There we go, paid. Let's talk about paid. We're going to talk about paid, we're going to talk about played. Uh, I was on my daddy's timeline. Can't help but to be on my daddy's timeline because he just rocks. Facebook, but my dad, Daddy Buzz, hashtag Daddy Buzz. Y'all can go find him because apparently y'all, everybody on his timeline, just like y'all on mine, we are we are father daughter bloggers. Okay, I get it from a daddy. <laughs> my uh, my dad posted this picture of Red Fox, and I was already having some conversations about this because we are all out here talking about what's going on with Jay Z, Kaepernick, and others, right? And the the duplicity, the duality, the duality of why it is we always have to have one pitted against another. It's like somebody fed the crabs a crab, right? And I don't mean to use the stereotype or the vernaculars or anything like that or to, to degrade, but that's just where this conversation has gone over the past week. And, and so in many of the conversations, it's people try to understand my point of view, and I don't need you to understand my point of view because I'm going to say what I got to say. Don't put it out there because I know maybe five years down the line, you'll come back and say, drive bus, you had a point. You, you might not get it today, but it might echo and continue to echo and it continue to echo. You might, you might come back and say, oh, I see a little bit of what she was saying because you got to understand, this is what I do every day, all day, is I monitor the behaviors of people and what they do in public. As well as things that they are trying to hide, errors that they have made. And, and some, somebody came along and called it blogging, okay? And that's something that I have done now for 17 years as Dryer Buzz. Don't forget, I did it all, going all the way back to the day before AOL, okay? So it's just after AOL failed, we all had to go to our own websites, you know, because we didn't want to go... We did a little bit of MySpace, and you know, Facebook was stealing everything. Twitter was Twitter couldn't figure out what it was doing. So, 17 years now, I've I've been able I've monitored the behaviors of humans, and and pulled out amazing those who had amazing stories, and even those that had some conflicting and confusing stories. So, I saw a picture on my dad's post as I had finished up the post about the conflicts going on with the music genre, particularly country, trying to. Country's trying to get rid of its chart, current chart, chart toppers. We all know who that is, Lil Nas X, uh, and some others, apparently. In order to get rid of Lil Nas, they got to throw some others in there, right? Because y'all, they tried to get rid of Lil Nas. Y'all got all, all up in your feelings and won't, won't let the song come off the chart. Folk, let me tell you something, honey. Petty folk, petty folk know how to act, right? So y'all keeping this song on their charts, on all charts, okay? So they've decided, well, let's throw in some others. We can't just talk about, you know, the the out, out it. What is it? I love, he's on, it's, first of all, Lil Nas is on the cover of Time, okay? And they're, they are talking about the gay, hip-hop, country, I forget, they, they literally checking all boxes, basically, okay? And country don't want that box check. We all know that. So they've decided they're going to throw in some others that are using these instant beats. Okay, so I love that conversation. So after I finished posting that, I, I scrolled. There was a, many of my dad's Facebook posts. And I saw that he had posted a picture of Red Fox. And I thought about Red Fox, and I'm like, because 
in this conversation we're having about Jay-Z and Kaepernick, whether you, however you want to tell it, I was like, this is interesting because every generation, you know, they're two brothers pitted against each other because they want to make a change. They want to basically something that is called in America is called excite the Negro. Y'all, I'm, I'm old. I'm old school. Negro is on my birth certificate. Okay. So there's a thing in America that came down through from president to president to president to president and, and basically uh, the puppet masters of the president because, you know, the president is just a puppet. But the puppet masters of the president, they have this thing called Excite the Negro. And so right now there's this gauge. Everybody's watching this gauge to figure out, well, which one's going to excite the Negro most? Is it going to be Kaepernick? Is it going to be Jay-Z? And so what they do is they throw the crab a crab and then everybody starts fighting over, you know, who is this crab? Who does he think on top of the barrel? Well, however y'all play, apply that stereotype. See, watching this stuff happens, people are like, well, what does this have to do with how to get out of bed? Well, watching this stuff happen to get caught up in it to keep you from getting out of bed. Because the first thing that most people do is they find shame in things that are going on and thinking that it is a direct reflection of all of us. And you feel like you can't show your face. You can't get out of bed. And then, too, there are those who internalize these things that are going on because people are out there trying to beat you up for your point of view. Right. And then they get all personal on it because they don't really have a true argument. And now you over there internalizing all this stuff. And you feel like, man, we just not going to get it. Well, first of all, let go of that whole weed thing and let's figure out what it is you need to do to take your next step. Roll your behind up out of bed. Get your talking points. Get your talking points and stick with them. Post them. I don't care what people say today because tomorrow they might say something. I can tell you, wait three days. This thing is it's, it's now 72 hours. It is come Sunday. All the commentary has been said. Okay. Come Monday will actually be the actual facts of the thing and how this thing is really going to play out. At least let a Sunday roll by so all the pundits to come to. I'm like, people are like, how do you feel? And you're giving me a link. I'm like, why are you? I said, how do you feel? Why are you giving me a link to this, that? Yes, I understand. Oh, that's how you form your opinion. I'm like, no, but really, but like, what do you think? Okay, there's no such thing. Okay, you you want to adapt to what somebody, okay, fine, I understand. Come Monday, this thing, you don't know what this thing is going to look like because it's been a hope, and I'm not going to get all even into it. All I want to know is why are you internalizing it to the point that you can't get out of bed, that you think that this is going to cause, this is creating some internal conflict. So when I started thinking internal conflict, then I saw Red Fox, I'm going to tie all this together, right? When I, cause I woke up praying and then I saw this uh, conflict in country music. I saw this conflict. I saw Red Fox picture. And I remember because I said on a post yesterday, somebody tag, you know, I, I'm a blogger. I could say it's raining. It could be full wear raining. And somebody want to argue that point. Well, it's not raining to that degree. Okay. But are you wet? Okay. That's where we are. So in one, several of the conversations that we were having, I said, listen, you know, this happens with every generation. And see, I'm that person. Give me a bit of hindsight. Can I get a little bit of hindsight? In fact, I said in this, so stay tuned for the hindsight. Give me a little bit of hindsight in this. Uh, let's go back and look and see how other generations have handled this because it has been something. First of all, NFL, I know we have a, we have a football team, an a, a NFL league team in my city, and it's 50 years old. I'm leery of anything that started 50 years ago or anything that has a 50 year and beyond history. That means it's probably have been some turmoil internal or inner inner conflict going on there. So when I saw 
the picture of Red Fox. It reminded me that I had threw out into the conversation that we've been here before. There we go. Pray, pay, play. We've been here before, y'all. I'm telling you. And I know, let me write that down. I got to stop talking so I can spare. We've been here before. Now, I know a lot of people think that think a lot of this stuff has never happened before, but it has. It has with every generation, especially when, as it relates to minorities. Uh, we're often, we are often relegated to one. Y'all can't have a one in the room. Y'all can't have a one at the table. And I'm pretty sure, now mind you, I, I hear with the whole NFL thing that it, the negotiation been going on a year. Okay, well, I don't remember and I don't recall. I do remember uh, the NFL might have wanted Jay-Z to do the halftime, you know, coming after Beyonce and all that kind of stuff. And I think then you know, the brother was like, and when people heard he turned it down, I don't know what they ran with last year, but everybody figured he was down with the boycott. Well, it turns out he was like, no, because he got patience. Oh, that go a word, patience, right? He got time. Did a little bit of negotiation. I keep telling y'all, these people running around here, they like, they, they like to check in enough. I'm going to need a little equity. I'm going to need a little ownership. We just talked about Beyonce and the Lion King. Like, she needed, she had to get, wait till she get the licensing deal and some equity. Then she dropped the trailer. Then she dropped her album. Then, and I'm pretty sure a tour. And I'm pretty sure, I'm wondering if they're going to have a whole Lion King Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. All I know is she didn't share the trailer until the negotiation was done. So there have been some negotiation. There have been some talk between um, Jay-Z and Kaepernick. I don't want to get in the analyze because there's, there's pundits out there. This is Sunday. Somebody's talking about that. What I want to talk about is this conflict that keeps going on where, where people have to decide between getting paid and being played. And I went to see a play, and again, back to Red Fox. First of all, on, on, on the Driver Bus page, and it's everywhere now because once it hits there, it goes there. If, you're on, if you subscribe to the email list, you're going to get it in the email. If you're on Twitter, you just go look for it, okay? Uh, I, I talked about Red Fox went through this because Red Fox dealt with a turmoil that we so often, as many celebrities do these days, they when you recognize them as a particular character and you would have never, every time you saw Red Fox, you would have, we to this day still call him Fred Sanford. Well, there was some inner conflict in being paid by, you know, by the likeness of, of Fred Sanford, but then being played by the, the brilliance and the genius he wanted to be as Red Fox. Never mind, not to mention the comedic, I won't say never mind, but not to mention the comedic genius and the iconic, stat, iconic status that we hold him with today. Well, that's not how he died. He died with a, in a turmoil, and I put the link there where you can watch uh, each true Hollywood story. There's also some unsung and all these things. And then in the generation before that, and I, and, and I know, and, and I'm not, I don't know if y'all ready to even try to even think about Jay-Z and Cap to a Malcolm X and a... Um, uh, MLK, or even the, the gentleman before that, uh, um, Booker T. Washington, and who was it that Booker T. Washington? I always forget the other guy. Uh, I don't forget it. I just forget it. The, the lines start blurring. But every generation said these two people that are pitted against each other because they it comes down to who's going to cite the Negro now, okay? And, and don't think that, and I know a lot of us just kind of congregate together, 
we don't have we don't have those diverse communities. We don't intertwine those diverse communities. But y'all don't act like y'all to see Cuomo going off this week uh, with somebody called him Fredo and that Godfather esque that Godfather esque Italian come up out of him so fast. And he's like, you don't act like that on CNN, right? He didn't challenge racism like that when he was on ABC or coming up through the ranks when he was over there being mentored by Roger L. Uh oh, got covered in my mouth. I'm sorry. Um, when he was over there being mentored by Roger L. Okay, at Fox. I'm just saying, you know, because I mean, I was like, when he left ABC and went to CNN, which I ain't turning on no CNN. I'm like, I'm not gonna do it, cause I, I, I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not watching CNN. Right? Again, conflict of being paid and played, y'all. And, and our leaders, they get to that because what happens is they get to this ta- these tables with these quote-unquote puppet masters and leaders and all this kind of stuff. I had to, I had to send my brother shot. I'm like, Rev, 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 you, Rev, you about to get caught. I, I have to tell Rev about every five years, every ten years, I, every eight years, every nine years, Rev, you about to get caught up again. I had to tell my brother when, when the Barack Obama thing, because it went on with Barack Obama, remember the... The inner turmoil between Tavis Smiley and Tom Joyner. Been friends for 50 years and falling out over Obama. And I'm like, Reb, got, I'm like, Reb, come on out of there. Come on, come on, come, come on back over here. I had to go back over there. I'm like, stop what I'm doing, Reb. You finna get caught up in this mess again. Come on, come on, come on back over here. Leave them folks alone. Leave them folks alone, right? Because, you know, that lock on that closet of skeletons. Everybody, y'all, I'm just saying, not just Reds, I'm saying it, everybody's, everybody's, listen, y'all, there are all kind of compactors out there, y'all can crush that stuff down, send it on, send it on to the dump, okay, um, get it off the cloud, luckily, some of this stuff ain't on the cloud, but y'all, don't forget, they out there scanning everything, putting it on the cloud, I'm just saying, this thing, at about 21 minutes into how to get out of bed, all these people got problems, are you over there? How much you can't get out of bed, and your stuff ain't even as public. Look at look at all the stuff I was a I have been able to talk about, and so I talked about Red Fox, y'all, and it's most notably known that Red Fox. They say he had a heart attack, honey. Somebody, everybody knows that Red Fox uh, died of just absolute heartbreak. He went through the tax situation, and it wasn't even a tax situation. Take that stuff. It was really we worry so much about. The people, the, what people think of us, the lenses that are looking in when we have to step away from what people know us as or give up our clout. That FOMO, F-O-M-O, I talked about it yesterday at, um, I did a presentation yesterday. We were talking about, I was invited to share some of my experience at Livestream 101. Um, and I talked about FOMO, that fear of missing out. And I had to step away for five years. I literally, I'm coming up on five years having to step away. Where we, we're, we're 2020, it's still at four years. Uh, July 2014 to now, it's four years. And I'm like, I really don't want it to be five. I really have set a deadline like, okay, you got to get back to, you got to get back to life. But FOMO, that fear of missing out. And FOGO, fear of going out. Like yesterday, trying to go. I'm like, look, I've got to force myself to go. I've got to say yes, and I've got to go and do this. And I just like, look, I woke up. It was a good day. I can push through. And I was able to do it. But you've got to, let me tell you, you can get out of that bed, even if somebody has a certain opinion of you, even if somebody finds out that thing. 
I heard yesterday, that th- let me finish the thought. Even if somebody finds out that thing that you don't want nobody to know, can I tell y'all how much relief it is uh, to just, just be obvious with it? Uh, I was listening to a conversation. I think it was an interview uh, the other day. Gosh, I think it was on Hidden Brain. Y'all, if you have not, you probably haven't because it comes on, it airs on uh, a public radio, uh, NPR and all that. Uh, hidden, hidden, hidden brain is a talk and it, it deals with this cycle, our psychology and stuff. And I think it was, I think it was yesterday. I think this was a part of that. Um, there was a guy, he, he does these, a uh, read your mind theatrical shows. Right. And he said, and it's really about people are walking around thinking, yeah, it was him. I don't know if it was hidden brain, but I know it was, it was this guy he was apparently, he was uh, from the UK or whatever. He's going around. He has something out there called the miracle. Somebody will research and connect it all. Connect the dots, y'all, because I'm trying to remember as I go through this at, at uh, 24 through this podcast. He was saying that the the one thing that we are most worried about people finding out is like, and then when they find it out and it's really not a big deal and you look back at all the time you've been worried about it, then... You're like, what? Like, like all these people in the reference that they gave, because the reference that he had was coming out. Like he was like, he went through all of his life trying to suppress the fact that he was gay because he had been raised so religious and he was on stage and he had this following and so forth. And then the day he came out, everybody was like, oh, okay. Yeah. We kind of already, you know, he was like, and there was no surmountable thing that he had to get over. It was like, okay, now everybody knows now he could really go ahead and be himself and and talk about his struggle not even a struggle with religion but um he was doing this he his research he wanted to really dive into his research and go on this tour and, and write these books and things like that but knowing that this thing that was out there that he thought that everybody was going to judge him on it's like once that was done and he said that thing that you think most people are going to care about he says when you realize that people aren't thinking about you as much as you Think they are. See, this is why you can't get out of bed. When you realize that people are not as necessarily thinking about you as much as you think they are thinking about you, when you realize that, your life will change. Your perspective will change. Your perception will change. Okay? When you think that you're being played and you realize, like, wait, ain't nobody holding your puppet strings. It's like that, that picture of that horse y'all keep sharing tied to that chair, that plastic chair. And, like, if the horse would just even shake his head, he would see that he is in the midst of freedom. It'll free you. FOMO. FOGO. Free. Y'all, we did a whole... We did a whole couple of weeks on talking about freedom. Go back and check the archives of book one of how to get out of bed, y'all. I'm telling you, we did so much on it because basically that's what you want. You you feel like you can't get out of bed or you feel like you can't say something on your timeline or you feel like you can't um, blend your lives. You know, everybody's out here, they got this kind of life and that kind of life and this kind of life. You can't blend it all. Can't be, you're looking for freedom. We all out here looking for freedom, right? And I will tell you, I have been for the past 30 some years raising kids. I'm like, man, if I could just have that little bit of freedom. Somebody had to tell me the other day, literally had to tell me, you know, you're free now, right? You know, you are absolved of all kind of responsibility. You know, your time is yours. Somebody had to tell me all that. Hit my cough button here, guys. 
Somebody like that horse. I'm sitting there tethered, tethered to an empty chair. I'm sitting there tethered to an empty responsibility. Like, wait a minute. I don't have to rush home. Y'all, I swear to you still to this day, every single day, I have to tell myself, you don't, my children are beyond grown. Okay. In fact, a friend was in my inbox the other day, like, what's up? What roll up? You know, and I'm like, Ooh, let me think. I got, think about what, what do you, what is there to think about? And I'm like, Oh, and that's another fear thing. Fear, right? That's cause that's what we're talking about. Right. It's like, Whoa, there was like right now, like I, y'all, do y'all know how long I have wanted to do a daily podcast? I mean, like, really, like, every day. The first thing I do when I wake up is post and podcast, okay? Now, mind you, my family, because this is the family business. This is What I do is the family business. What another person does is the family business. And y'all will get a chance to meet the family. Let me tell you about the family business. We got a DJ. Daddy Buzz is a DJ. That's part of the family business, right? Daddy Buzz has been DJing since I was, before I was born. And apparently my being born might have even interrupted it a bit. Because I just remember, like, trying to sleep at night, and Daddy was in there mixing. I'm like, and Daddy would mix. Daddy had the best neighbors ever, okay? Because Daddy would be mixing music. And, and you know, back in the day, we're talking real to real. We're talking real to real, then came the cassette tape. And, that, first of all, Daddy had a, Daddy had a day, full job, right? Full-on job, working extra-hour job. Daddy would come home and got to make the mixtape. Daddy doing this stuff to this day. Now, mind you, I said I'm 50, so you already know Daddy is still doing this stuff. Daddy Buzz, hashtag Daddy Buzz, y'all. Booking for best sock cop, best line dance DJ ever, okay? Y'all want to see some um, boomers drop it like it's hot? Well, y'all already over there on Daddy's timeline, I'm just saying. I have I share a little bit on mine because I'm like, I'm, I'm, I could be laying on the couch like, man, I can't do nothing. Then Daddy over there at a day party, y'all. I'm like... Dang, I need to roll up on my daddy because y'all are rolling up too, having a good time. So, uh, daddy, daddy used to be mixing this music and back in the day, and I'm not, like, not with the headphones on. I'm like, daddy, daddy, the headphones, the headphones. No, I'm like, but the, back in the day, you could roll through any neighborhood and hear good music. So that was the thing. So daddy would be making the mixtape. So that's part of the family business. Daddy has always been a DJ. My daughter does uh, is a master cosmetologist, has a booming uh, lash business. So that's part of the family business. And for the past 17 years, I have been blogging and podcasting and so forth. So we have advertising and marketing business. People are like, well, how do you go about the business and making money? Underwriters, advertising, marketing. Okay, I had to explain that yesterday. Had to explain that yesterday explain for others explain that yesterday but that's the nature of our our family business and you'll get a chance to meet us um my daughter texted me and said we were doing the next event that we're doing together is coming up um there's a festival that happens a couple of festivals here happening and you're in the neighborhood my neighborhood um and she texted me that we're gonna be participating in the chili cook-off you don't know what that is honey it's the best thing happening west of atlanta okay west georgia baby west georgia Okay, so anyway, you'll get a chance to meet everybody in the family business on that day. And I think what we're going to do, daughter's going to have her chili. I think we might bring Daddy Buzz in with his, because, you know, Daddy Buzz, because you already know I'm going to throw it out in the kitchen, but I can't throw it out in the kitchen unless I show you what skills I got from Mama Buzz and Daddy Buzz. So I may have Daddy come on and hook a chili up, so maybe we'll have three and just have a whole chili cook-off for Taste Fest, because, you know, daughter, she's all vegan and all that, so we're going to have a good vegan chili, you already know. 
You know I'm going to throw down. You already know. I think I'm going to throw down with a Mac Chili Mac because everybody has a chili. But I'm like, wait a minute. What about a Chili Mac? And then we might get Daddy Buzz to throw down a good white chili or whatever because, you know, he likes to try to get a little semi-healthy, right? So maybe we'll get everybody together because that's the family. That's the family business. We're trying to be prayed up, paid up, but not played up, right? Pray, pay, but not play. So when daddy, going back to how to get out of bed at 31 into this, the Red Fox, uh, I got to thinking about the inner turmoil. And I just remember even in my struggles over the past four years and and having to walk away, I thought about Red Fox on stage and soundstage, stage being his, the the uh, comedic genius. He and Wanda Page who play Esther, you know, and the fact that we knew them as Red Fox and Esther. And and, and when I used to hear these stories about not only Red Fox, but also Esther Rowe. Esther Rowe uh, was uh, Florida on Good Times. And and not only that, Raj off of What's Happening. And a lot of times, you know, keep in mind, Esther Rose was on set all day and on set in a project apartment. Red Fox was on set all day in the junkyard uh, soundstage. Uh, Raj was on set all day in the, and what was that, Oakland or Watts or Swat. All of that, right? And so when they came off and the generation before them going back to Step and Fetches, I saw a beautiful play that talked about the, that contrast, that um, told the story of the conflict of, of, of generation after generation of iconic people, iconic geniuses that oftentimes had to live these lives because of what entertainment demand. Like people can't come to grips with the decision and the ownership and the negotiations and the things that Jay-Z is doing right now because we're so we're so tied to the fact of how in which they have to entertain us that we can't understand that may be an underlining genius going on there. That maybe these things have to and we gotta we've got to understand how these things go together. And the reason why I have this periodical sitting here in front of me because I noticed we'll put so much emphasis on one thing and the other thing will just glide right on through. It'll slip right on through and it's all one and the same. But Red Fox, Esther Rose, and even Raj, I didn't even realize when we was back there watching what's happening that Raj and Rerun was such at an inner conflict of 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 uh being paid and played that when they finished filming they was going to get high as hell. Okay. Flip Wilson, we were talking, was it Flip Wilson they were talking about? You know, he again, a beloved character, and I think they said he was one of the, he had some issues going on with fatherhood and, and the kids and talking, these unsongs, y'all, some of these unsongs and behind the music and the E True, do they still do the E True Hollywood story? I know they don't let the women on E eat, but I know, I'm just saying, it's like you finding out some of this stuff, you grasping your pearls, your heart, and everything. I, I have done the, Elizabeth, I'm coming to join you. So much when I learned this stuff. So Red Fox to kick it off, he had an inner turmoil. And they talked about how when he left Offset, how he would try to dress as someone. Because you knew him as Red Fox with the scraggly beard. You loved him as that. But when he when he came off the sound stage or he came off the stage as a comedian, he wanted to be perceived as listen. That's just that's just a small part of me that there's a brain going on here. You know, they wanted to be more dignified. They wanted to be uh, more regal. You know, they wanted to be held. We're going to have to walk to the kitchen because I'm really smelling my sausage now. And I was going to try to do 15, but we're going on 30. And you know me and my incomplete thoughts because my minute come back to the cover of the periodical. But let's walk on to the kitchen so I could save my sausage. But he and Esther Rose, they talked about how. 
Esther Rose will Esther Esther Roll will get all glammed up coming off the soundstage for good times. You know, we knew her as the oatmeal making as I pulled my sausage out, trying not to be a nun cooking Thelma, uh, save my sausage. Um, we knew her as you know the cooking the oatmeal not letting the family like oh james don't take that job you know keeping them in the projects and so she they said honey she would come out of there all glammed up in her in her gowns driving her rose royce off the sound stage you know paid or played we are so always having to deal with that inner conflict the periodical in front of me is uh, the the issue of an Oprah and Gail. Uh, Petty Betty got us a subscription to O Magazine, which uh, kind of plays into the question we were asked this week. Is Oprah, is Oprah becoming black? What is it? Blackity black, black. Everybody is saying that this might be the blackest issue of O Magazine they've ever seen. One, because she shares the cover, shares the cover, and I think she's only done that. A, couple, a time or two, but she's sharing the cover with Gail King, I think, to capitalize all, off all that buzz that Gail has been getting lately in her tenure at, not at O Magazine, not as Oprah's best friend, but her, her journalism skills of surviving a couple of, not just the R. Kelly interview, but a couple of other things that she's had breaking up. In, interest, interesting enough, uh, you know they had major scandal at CBS and Charlie Rose Someone that I admired all these years got caught up in the me, me too. But there was something that, and, and I knew this was coming because there was something that Charlie did on air, like kissing the co-host, not Gail, but the other one. I'm like, wait a minute, did he just lean over and kiss that woman on live TV? I'm like, and I literally said, please don't tell me Charlie got some Me Too stuff going on. Lo and behold, Charlie got some Me Too stuff because I've been saying some birds of the... Birds of a feather flock together, and I ain't believing this one going down. And you should see who the neighbors were of Epstein. Because I don't care how much money you got. Land don't cost but so much. Real estate don't cost but so much. And the billionaires have to live amongst the millionaires. And some of the millionaires have to live going back in the day. Some of the millionaires had to live amongst others and so forth. So on this black and black issue of O Magazine, um, people are talking about this might be the one of the blackest issues. It's got Oprah and Gail on the cover. And they also noticed that it's kind of quite brown on a number of pages. And I was asked if I thought by my co-host on uh, the Tuesday podcast called Leading Women, if I thought that this was, that they were now leaning to try to make O Magazine match with OWN. And I said, well, and I had to tell my co-host, well, you know what happened with uh, the network of OWN wasn't necessarily planned but it was because of the, what the demographics of cable TV was and the fact that Oprah's ABC viewers did not follow her in subscribing to cable because they're not going to put all that money out. They're not going to take all that money out of their budgets as many others as African-Americans do in, those, in, that, in that demographic, okay? Because we are talking about being paid or played and too, too much, too much that we are paid, played on. And if you can't get out of bed today on this How to Get Out of Bed podcast, it's probably because you feel like you've been played. It's probably because you feel like you've been played or you played yourself. We're having an obvious conversation here, ladies and gentlemen. We're having an obvious conversation. And it happens every day. If I'm giving a breath of life, I'm going to hit this button. We're going to talk and we're going to podcast. You are probably feeling like you played yourself. Guess what? There is a prayer that you can pray. There is a prayer that somebody and I, somebody, look, 
I, as I was going from one rim to the other, coming from sleep to wake, I heard them praying for me. And they were trying to give it to me. They was like, let's see if we can ease this into her mind, her heart, her mind, her soul, that maybe she will wake up today and be a little bit more grateful that she got another day, that she don't have the struggle she had just yesterday, right? She don't have to worry about They were trying to get me to understand that. And I said, well, you know, and they, knowing that I will come on and share it with you. And I really wish I could remember because it sound, it was so beautiful. And it did sound like the angels. And you know, how, y'all should hear how my angels sound. They be having a serious on discussion because I, I challenge some things, honey. I challenge some things. But it's about being played. And a lot of us, you know, we think, we think it's being paid. But, honey, I've seen people with all kinds of money and things don't work out. I've seen people with, I mean, who did y'all go? Who around this world went on this Oprah tour? And I told y'all the story of the lady at the Oprah tour that had just as much money as Oprah. Okay, and basically, when you went to the Oprah tour, the seats were uh, arranged by class. Okay, the seating was the seating was charted by how much you would invest in you. So there were those in the nosebleed. There were those that sat got to sit right next to Oprah. Right. It was based on how much you were going to invest in you. Now, me being a blogger on that media tip, working at the time with a local radio station, I got a chance to roll up in that in the suites, right? And I'm like, okay, cool, because otherwise, I probably I would not have been there, because I don't know if I could have made that investment. In fact, I don't think I made. I don't think I was about to make that investment. But lo and behold, I got an opportunity. Like it's probably where you need to be, because y'all know how I am. It take me a minute to get on board with stuff, right? That's my, that's my FOMO, right? Not even FOMO, because I wasn't even afraid of missing out. I, it was an opportunity. And I think it went, I'm trying to remember, but I think it went over a couple of days. And when we got in there, it was the most interactive, the most amazing thing that ever happened. Oprah took over, the Oprah machine took over Centennial Park here in Atlanta. And I know it went around the nation. Uh, it took over the Congress Center. It took over the... Uh, Phillips Arena at the time, which is now State Farm Arena. And it was the most amazing experience ever. But, you know, me being a blogger, while I had my own experience, I was also witnessing how others were experiencing this. And I just remember when we went in, they gave us this workbook. And as each speaker came to the stage and as Oprah came back to the stage in between, we would work through these various exercises. So we would hear this speaker who would open up a little part of us. And then we do this exercise as Oprah came out and, you know, it was real interactive and just amazing. You Listen, if you didn't get a chance to go or didn't get a chance to experience it, or you just came through uh, a fog or darkness and so forth, maybe you was where I was at that time. Uh, I do have some video of it on YouTube, uh, some amazing stuff on there. Talk about conflict, huh? That was, a, that was some things going on at the time between Oprah and Yala. I was like, wait a minute. I thought they resolved. Mm, that sounds a little bit suspect. Okay, that's me being a blogger, talking about the shade. But anyway, so in the book, there was this one exercise where we literally had to gauge our happiness, where we literally had to find out how happy we were how satisfied we were. I won't say happy, but how satisfied we were with where we were current that at that particular moment in our lives. And I remember, and many of us remember coming out of there like, wow, we're actually pretty good. So remember how I said that the arena, based on how much you invested in yourself or, or based on how you invested, how close you wanted to be to Oprah, after doing this exercise, and it basically was uh, kind of a, a, a pie chart, 
and in the pie chart you put particular areas of your life and you rated them by emojis or happy faces and so forth and so on. And the majority of the arena only had one to two particular areas where they were not satisfied. One of them being money, right? You know, the, we realized in that moment that most of us had amazing families, that we were moving through where we wanted to as far as our careers or our jobs, um, our communities, where we live. We, you know, there were some things we wanted to still acquire, you know, because we wanted people to perceive us a certain way. You know, all that externalness, uh, otherness and all that. Um, but for as the real area, everybody else, you know, we, we stand there looking at a billionaire woman. So naturally, everybody said, well, you wanted some Oprah money, right? So everybody in that category was like, yeah, we can all use a little bit more money. I, I'd really like to be sitting a section down a little bit more. I would have liked to upgrade my ticket a little bit more, you know, and so forth. But then there was a woman who spent the most. I'm going to tell you, because remember I said, the closer you got to Oprah, that meant how much you spent. There was a woman in the facility who spent the most money. Now, it didn't come off like that, but I was like, see, she spent the most because she's sitting right next to Oprah. She on the front row. You know, Oprah would go up on stage and come back down and sit. So she clearly bought the front row seat and paid whatever the, whatever the toll was to be right next to Oprah. Do you know that of all, and they, once everybody completed the pie chart and they had these little, you had these little interactive bracelets and all that kind of stuff. So they knew where we were in this thing, right? So... Once everybody kind of completed it and Oprah started saying, you know, if you've got this, that, stand up or raise your hand or sit down on this and sit, you know, however. And so um, she asked how, based on the levels of satisfaction where you were, okay, sit down if you're dissatisfied. Sit down if you're that satisfied. You know, everybody had had as many kids as they wanted because, you know, some of us went overboard. Um, everybody, you know, was kind of pretty much satisfied with the job, even though they wanted a bit more and this, that, and the other. And once everybody sat down, there was one woman. She said, is there anybody that didn't uh, have a reaction on any of the things that I, I just said? If you only had one area of satisfaction, right? She was like, everybody said, and she, because we were all feeling good, like, wait, wait a minute. I'm pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. You know, I was up, I stood up a little bit. You know, we're looking around like we all like, yeah, I think we, you know, why don't we work together on that money thing? Because we all kind of broke. But other than that, wow, we realized how blessed we were. And so then Oprah asked the question, well, is there anybody who didn't have this, didn't have that, didn't have this? And you only had one area of satisfaction. The lady that was sitting next to Oprah stood up and everybody went like, Whoa, because we all sitting there, you, all, you know how you do. We all sitting there like, man, that front row, we would love to have been on that front row. Everybody was like, thank God we're not on that front row. This lady on the front row was so unhappy. She did not have the career. She had the career. She had the one area that she had that everybody else in the arena didn't have. She had about as much money as Oprah. And it wasn't Gail, Okay. This particular woman, nobody knows who she was. Uh, she was she wasn't she wasn't anybody to know. Not not in that sense. She she wasn't anybody we would know. She was just a hardworking woman that had spent all of her life achieving that that one goal that had been set on her 
I don't know if it had been her colleague. I don't even think it had been her colleague. But it's something that she excelled with had, had made her just about as much money as Oprah. And probably as much. She probably wasn't as beholden to her earning as Oprah is to her earnings. Meaning that Oprah has to keep an audience, has to keep, continue to master an audience to hold on her money, regardless of the investments and so forth. Most of her investments is tied to some, a bunch of people being satisfied. This particular lady was just raking it in. Uh, because I think maybe she'd either come through technology or I can't remember. But all I know is Oprah was utterly shocked that the woman in the entire arena, most unhappy, was the one sitting right next to her. And so she brought her up on stage and the lady began to expound at about 47 inches. We're ready to get out of here. The lady began to expound on what were the things going on in her life. She did not have family. She did not have children. She had not fallen in love. Uh, she had been, as I often say, so preoccupied with life, you know, she, um, and she really, and then imagine how she felt now sitting in this arena, watching this entire, this entire, um, uh, sold out arena reckon, recognize that they were full on satisfied with their life. So she now felt worse than she even did before. So hopefully she has come through and she's able to get out of bed, but think about that. But then again, there she was applying what everybody else, where everybody else was, you know, I mean, if she really felt like she could have gave us some of the money, but you know, but there she was, you never know. You never know. Here we were in the arena, like, well, who is she to be sitting next to Oprah? You know, you know, somebody said that even if it wasn't us, you know, I don't know if it was us or not. I don't know, but <laughs> you know, but you never know. That just goes to show you never know. Right. And, and let me tell you what we do. Let me let me tell you what we do as people. We we be we. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go here. We be out here, and y'all know I hate that word, right? We be out here, not praying for folks because we think they're okay. We stay thinking that folks are better off than they are. All right. We stay trying to show people a side of us that they're not even paying attention to. That side of us that don't even matter. We stay being afraid. We stay being afraid that people are going to find out something about us that is our natural born truth. And it's going to always be your truth. Where you have been, what you come from, and all that. Live, you might as well live in it. Because ain't but one person truly got to be satisfied with it. And that is you. And if you have built upon yourself a life where everybody else gets to weigh in on it to the point you can't get out of bed, you're doing it wrong. And I'm only telling you this in hindsight, having made it to 50 plus. The rest of that stuff don't matter because each and every day you get to start with a blank page. I started today with a blank page and a decision and a choice to come on here and have a conversation with you. And there's somebody like, who is she to say it? It don't matter who I am to say it. I'm just deciding to be, I'm going to be truthful, honest, and transparent and come on here and say a few things that are obvious, right? Just like Jay-Z was like, well, you know, I've been having this negotiation for a year. If you tied yourself to me, okay, you probably knew he was going in there having some meetings and, 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 and having some conversation. Guess what? It's okay that he and Kaepernick didn't agree on what kind of deal they should have with, with uh, the NFL. The NFL announced last year they had one goal, 
NFL, and I went back and found my tweet. I went back and found their tweets. See, like I said, I said it last year. Y'all missed it, right? And then you're like, oh, wait, wait a minute. You did say that. I know. I just wait. I just wait for y'all to realize because I'm going to say it. I ain't afraid. Now, yeah, there's some consequences to some of the stuff I say. You know, like right now, I like to work with a particular brand. They're like, no, because you say, hey, that's, I like that freedom. I'll go and I'll go fully reimburse uh, my expenses elsewhere. I'm still going to live a free life, whether this brand come on, online or not. Um, last year, the NFL said they wanted they had one goal, and that was, quote, unquote, go search it. Put the focus, go look up these three, folk, how many is it, four? Focus back on football. Four words. The NFL last year. Now, y'all are telling us that Jay-Z has been in negotiations for a full-on year. See, people thought he just said no to the NFL and he was down with the boycott. He said, no, I'm going to need a little bit of equity in this because that's what they do. They get paid in equity. That's how you make that billion that billion dollars. You get paid in He was like, no, I'm going to need a little equity, right? And y'all were like, well, it's on a little piece. It's still equity. It's on a little piece of ownership. It's still equity. He's minority ownership. It's still equity. It's equity. I'm just saying, the NFL said last year and put out, put it out into the universe as well as became open to, uh, they were like, and see, this is what happened. They said they were willing to negotiate because it was their goal. This they were saying last year. I don't know if it was the chairman, what's his name, Goodell? I call him the goo. Uh, Goodell. I don't know who, I don't know who, it, I think Goodell said it. Go look at the quotes. Focus back on football. When the owners, I think they, did they, did they settle on governors? Are they now governors? Now, I think they did. Didn't they change the name? Because they were showing all these headlines today were saying NFL owners. I think they were trying to be governors. Then everybody realized that seemed like more of a slave term than owners. Governors, okay, I'm just saying. Because they didn't like, I don't think they like governors because then they realized, wait, the people vote for governors and we're not going to let them vote for NFL owners. You know, because we were to vote for NFL. Because, I mean, you, you got a team that represents my city. I should say whether or not, cause, you know, because if I really had a vote, I'd be like, well, do we really want the Falcons? I mean, you know, we had the Falcons for the past 50 years. We ain't got enough trophies trophies up in here for having the Falcons for the last 50 years. I'm on the bandwagon. I'm still on the bandwagon. They keep saying preseason don't matter, but preseason does matter. Preseason is where you realize what you recruited. So you ought to win something in preseason. Well, you know, we just test. I'm sorry, because I, I think you recruit people. Don't you recruit? Root, I don't know. Is, is, tell me this. When they recruit, aren't these people who are just finished playing some hell of a football, right? They play football. It, uh, did they recruit people who never played football before? I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm on the bandwagon. I'm on the bandwagon. I just listen to sports talk all day. Just to drown out the rest of the world, cause I can't listen to music, cause music is music triggers my depression. So I have to listen to talk, and so and, and I listen. And that, since I don't want talk to trigger the other depression, I or the anxiety, I listen to sports. Okay, cause I realize I can listen to sports and not feel anxiety or depression. So I listen to sports talk all day, every day, right? And so I thought preseason was where they let the recruit the rookies play. Now, mind why am I talking about football? Anyway, where was we going? Let me finish this thing up so we can get ready to get out of here and I can go eat my sausage before it gets cold. Only reason I can't go vegan because I love sausage. Oh my God. I can't go vegan because I love sausage and one of my good friends has the best barbecue in Atlanta. Y'all know it's already Sunday so you, 
And I don't know if I'm rolling. I think he's taking a break because they had a they had the big they had the big uh, unified tailgate uh, yesterday for the pre the preseason tailgate. So I guess that one don't count. <laughs> Y'all like to say. So I guess I won't be having no barbecue. I'm sitting here with a glass of detox juice in my hand, which I need to go ahead and hush and get that down. And then look how. Y'all, see, inner, inner turmoil, inner conflict. I got a glass of detox juice in my hand and a piece of sausage on the stove. Pray for me. Don't let me be paid and played, okay? Because we've been here before. Uh, if I didn't finish anything, and I don't think I finished the Oprah, I think I did finish the Oprah story. Did I finish the Oprah story about the lady? Um, we, oh, the moral of the story. I think the moral of the story is, we stay out here thinking that people are thinking about us too much. You can't get out of bed because you thinking, people thinking about you too much. And ain't nobody thinking about you. Ain't nobody thinking. That's why you've, you know why you have been able to stay in bed too long? Because ain't nobody thinking about you. Go on and get up. That thing you're worried about. Listen, if you, if you can remember not being at that point before, and I know it comes around, it cycles around. But if you can remember, so ain't nobody thinking about you like that. Ain't nobody thinking about me. I'm over here on this podcast. Ain't nobody thinking about me like that. They might not even listen to this podcast for a year from now, five years, depending on how to, I tag it. I don't know. Listen, pray. Pray about it, okay? Don't get played. Don't play, don't play yourself. Don't pay yourself to play yourself. We've been here before. Find just a little bit more patience. You know who you need to find patience with? Yourself. You need to find patience. Let me tell y'all, Oprah putting Gail on this cover, this magazine. It's a whole lot. It's a whole lot of more people gonna read this magazine than with than all those where Oprah's been on. The, Oprah probably over there thinking, man, I should have did that a long time ago, right? And because remember, Oprah when she launched this magazine, she decided rather than putting all these other folks on her cover, she was gonna be the only one. Um, I love that she is sharing this, and I hope that you have a good friend. And let me tell y'all something. I hope that Gail has another friend, because Gail is a lot to Oprah. I don't know that that's interchangeable. We, I, I don't know if that, that's interchangeable. I think Gail needs, Gail needs a good good friend, because Gail got some good guardian angels when she was sitting up in there with uh, R. Kelly. <laughs> like, Gail got, did y'all see that force field? Did y'all notice the force field around Gail? Gail got some good guardian angels, okay? Um, but let me tell you, and I, and I have always been such a true fan. Go check my tweets. Go check my tweets, okay? I have always been favorite follower of Gail King. One, because I'm a blogger, and she's an uh, esteemed journalist, okay? And I've always been a follower of Gail King, and I tolerate her friend Oprah, okay? I'm just saying. That's just how it go. We all like that. You all got that good girlfriend or that good friend, and you tolerate their friend, <laughs> I'm I'm using the friend that's tolerated. I got a good friend right there in my inbox. She friends with everybody, right? And they always ask, "Is your friend coming?" And I, I'm I'm like uh, Harry Belafonte. Let me talk about talk about being paid or paid or played, honey. Halle Berry fun, Halle, Halle, Harry, Harry Belafonte was like, "Y'all not playing him. He doesn't have that inner turmoil." that some of these other artists had because he was true to himself. And Harry Belafonte, he says, my friends don't invite me um, to to hang out. He said, because I don't know how to see, sing the jingle of the day. I got it. It's over there on YouTube. Okay, go over there and check it out. Just a little snippet. He was being interviewed by, um, what's the guy running around with the turban on now? Ooh, 
Ooh, it was just on tip of my song with the mass singer. What's the young man's name, y'all? Oh my Lord Jesus. I can't think of it. But he was being interviewed by him. Y'all know the wildin' out guy. Come on, it's coming. Anyway, he um there was a documentary back in the day where a lot of these iconic people were interviewed by the people who were chart topping of the day. And so he was interviewing Harry Belafonte was interviewed by him. God is coming to me. It's coming to me. And he asked him about, you know, his past. He was like, do you know why the, why we never see Harry Belafonte, you know, on the red carpets and at the different things like that. And he, you know, he said, when I go to Hollywood, I don't hang. That's what he said. When I go to Hollywood, I don't hang. You know how Harry, Harry Belafonte talks. Y'all know I get that final consonant deletion. Y'all know how Harry Belafonte, that soft, quiet swag, uh, when I go to Hollywood, I don't hang. My friends don't invite me to dinner because I don't know how to sing the jingle of the day. Y'all know what he was saying, right? He was saying what Jay-Z is probably saying, going to be saying, because Jay-Z, you ain't, Jay-Z not going to get invited. Y'all, y'all done canceled Jay-Z from the cookout. Jay-Z was like, well, y'all know Jay-Z and Beyonce live on a yacht out in the middle of the sea with people keeping the pirates at bay. And y'all talking about canceling Jay-Z. I love it, y'all. I love how no, I love how you feel so empowered. It's okay, it's okay. They live in they live in uncharted waters. I'm like, damn, what cookout is he coming to? Well, they do roll up to the cookout. They do, they do. They, they Jay Z love Jay Z and Beyonce. They do love rolling up to the cookout. And Jay Z, let me tell y'all why y'all out there talking. Jay Z is out there buying all y'all products on all these different Shopify sites. Jay-Z sit around and buy folks stuff, y'all, okay? They done, I know they done bought a book because I heard Beyonce said, pay me my equity, which is what I wrote in 27 years to rock like Beyonce. Jay-Z sitting over there buying. Jay-Z bought up all the uh, shoes from Baller Guy. He said he didn't receive them, but he bought them. Jay-Z's over there talking. He support black. When y'all out here, Jay-Z is out there trolling. He see y'all when y'all out there posting that stuff. Change your mind, right? Y'all, y'all out there right now having to change your heart. Y'all are out there right now having to change Listen. It's just Sunday. Come Monday, we don't know what this is gonna look like. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a, the glimpse of a deal. I don't. I, all I'm saying is, let the NFL, NFL, and I'm not saying we pass kneeling because we're not pass kneeling because ain't nobody stopped dying, ain't no police chief stepped down. Somebody is giving a dictate to white officers that they must be more aggressive with black and brown people than mass shooters who are often white. They don't offer them coffee. Take us to Burger King. Make sure we're thirsty. They don't make sure the handcuffs are not too tight, right? Of course, it's not been. I have to disclaimer that it's not been my experience. I have to tell myself because when we're constantly seeing these images, our brain tells us that these things have happened to us too. And I have to say to myself that it's not been my experience. And Lord knows I have had my experience with white officers. Although it has been my experience, because let me tell you something, my buzz had an experience with white officers back in the 70s. It might have been 80s. 80, 80, it might have been the 80s. It might have been the 80s. My buzz had her experience with white officers. That, let, me, let me zip it. But anyway, I'm just saying, you have to tell yourself some of the stuff that we see each and every day that keeps us from wanting to get out of bed. You have to tell yourself, guess what? And I have to tell myself, that didn't happen. It didn't happen to you. It, it's not, that is not your experience. Because um, I have to, I, I, sometimes I eternally, because 
I eternalize a lot because I have to blog about a lot and I have to tell myself that it's not been my experience. I had, a, I, had a, I had an interaction with an officer just recently and that was not my experience. He was quite pleasant, pleasant and quite, that officer was praying. He was like, Lord, I got to give this woman this ticket. Please let her not be riding dirt. I could see him praying, coming to the car. I'm watching him in the mirror. He was praying, coming to the car. He was like, whoever baby that was, y'all, thank you for your son. He wasn't a white officer, though. I don't know what he's, I don't know what he was. He might have been, a, he might have been, a, he might have been mixed. I don't know. But he was praying, coming to the car. Please let her not be riding dirty. Please let her not have no warrants. Please let me just get her. And he was like, you ran a stop sign. I'm like, what stop sign? Y'all, I ran a stop sign. I didn't even see it. I, I was trying to avoid going down the, the new one way. Uh, have, I was trying to avoid the head-on collision. I was about to have one him. So when he said, let me give you the the, the, the ticket for running the stop sign, I was like, okay. Because they changed the traffic patterns. They changed the traffic patterns around here, y'all. Please be careful. I am that person. I'm not approaching intersections. I am looking for the signs because they are so changing these traffic patterns, especially with these scooters and things like that. There are streets that are becoming one ways and that are, there are streets that are becoming two ways. So please, everybody, slow down, which was my problem. Slow down, cause you know, I, and and be mindful. Slow down and be mindful. We had a family member, new family member, had a uh, accident just last week. Totaled his his vehicle, so we had to do that rushing out to the emergency room uh, just last week. But again, today been a different day. Prayed up. You better get somebody. Listen, if you can't pull together a prayer, like right now we have designated Petty Betty. Uh, with the loss of Mama Buzz, we have designated Petty Betty. Petty Betty, Petty Betty, y'all, Petty Betty got that good prayer. Pray for us. Get somebody, make sure somebody's praying for you. All those people running off to check in with their bishops on this Sunday, make sure they are praying for you, for you, and not against you because some people are praying some other stuff. But make sure somebody's praying for you. On that day at that Oprah event, that lady, honey, we pray for that lady. We pray for ourselves. Make sure you are prayed up. You know, go and get your money, but don't get played. Get paid, but not get, don't get played. We got enough hindsight out there showing us how to get paid and not played. And let's hope that's the case with Jay-Z. He about to get paid and not played, okay? Because uh, we've been here before. If you This Jay-Z, Kaepernick, if that's your current thing, or is it, if it's Nikki and... All of them, all of these things. I don't know why it is y'all think we can only have one. Uh, we've been here before. It's going to take a little bit of patience. Get rid of your FOMO, your FOGO. Be free. And don't let fear guide you. Because I'm going to tell you, ain't nobody thinking about you as much as you think people are thinking about you. And we are well over, five minutes over. So I'm going to tell you, do me a favor. Go to uh, dryerbuzz.com. Like I said, we did something a little bit different with this today. So you're going to see a little bit different habits of this one. We put it on, originally recorded it live. This was recorded, I'm, I'm going to give you all some of that old school. This was recorded live before a YouTube audience. It is now going to be syndicated across all popular platforms, uh, including social media as well as podcast platforms. But if you'd like to join me in a live uh, conversation, it will now live and resonate each and every day uh, in live on YouTube. And if you catch a replay, remember that. And if you do catch replay and that's where you want it, that's where it's going to be, right? Uh, but if you go to dryerbus.com, and if you miss anything, if you go to dryerbus.com, everything is, is in the next email newsletter. 
Everything we post is in the next email news. Not all of it. Just from one newsletter to the next, you will find it there. So you don't have to go scrounging around for it on all the platforms. And if a platform comes and goes or changes, you will always find all of our full content in our next email newsletter, which you will get if you go to dryerbuzz.com and subscribe. And on that note, I have for you to do me one more favor. Go now to dryerbuzz.com and follow at dryerbuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Yeah.